Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. I am Brian Hefty, live in the Morton studio. Today on the show, it's Farmer Friday. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to call in at any point during our show, the phone lines will be open. Our number here is 844-44-AG-PHD. It's 844-442-4743. You can email us, radio at agphd.com, or you can send me a note on Twitter, Brian Hefty or AgPHD Media. Got my brother Darren out traveling a little bit today. On Monday, I am going to be down in Arkansas doing a workshop in Brinkley. Yeah, I would love to see you there. It's 101 Ways to Cut Farm Expenses Today. It'll be a wide-ranging workshop. We'll talk about everything from weed control, the new Extend label in the state of Arkansas. We'll talk soil fertility a little bit, drainage, you name it. When it when it comes to getting great yields and cutting costs, this is the workshop for you. Just go to agphd.com to learn more about this free workshop. Also, Darren and I will be down at Commodity Classic at the end of next week on Thursday and Friday, speaking both days on the main stage there. So if you can join us there, that would be a lot of fun as well. I know our topic on Thursday is going to be weed control. 100% weed control, I think, is our title <laughs> on tough weeds like Palmer pigweed, water hemp, kochia, ragweed, mare's tail. And then on Friday, we're going to be talking about micronutrients. Micronutrients are incredibly important. We've got some great new information for you on micronutrients. That will be a lot of fun as well. All right, well, we're going to get to the phone lines right now. Oh, and again, it's 844-44-AG-PHD if you'd like to call in. We've got a caller already. It's Ryan from Minnesota. Hey, Ryan, how are you? Good, good. I'm sitting here. Um, I have a question about white mold and soybeans. All right. I got a scenario I like to set up, so I'm trying okay. not to pigeonhole anybody. Um, we're I'm on Waverly, Minnesota. We're west of Minneapolis, about 35 miles. Yep. And we dairy farm with my family, so and we run soybeans and corn and alfalfa. Okay. So the fertility is really well on these soybeans after this, um, the corn. Yeah. The question with the white mold is, we're building this factory, this bean factory, making this giant plant like last year. Waist high, chest high, she laid over. We got white mold. Yep. And considering where we are, we also get August. Um, we tend to get wildfire smoke. So we're getting the haze. We're getting the heavy dew. So the questions are the options for treating white mold. I know um, they talk about heads up on soybean or on seed treatment. Yep. There's an uh, option out there, a pound and a half catans before or right after planting or eight ounces of Endura at R1. And the other thing is, we're in 30 inch rows. We plant about 154,000. We just got a different combine with a yield monitor, but I don't have any mapping. So I don't have any idea where the, the hotspots were in 17. So okay. I, that's the big question about saving money, but all these other products, you could be spending 20 or 30 bucks an acre. You know, how do you justify it? Yep. I, yep. It might not come, so. You're right, okay. Uh, I've got several things here for you. We are, we have been talking all winter about 10 things when it comes to white mold. Let me briefly tell you those, and then I'll get to your specific things here. So we first talk about soil manganese levels. The more manganese you have, typically the less white mold you have. Second, contents. I agree with you. Good product. Problem is 32 bucks an acre. So if you only put it in the spots where you need it, that's great. If you don't know where those spots are... 
that's tough. It's 32 bucks. Um, pick a more tolerant seed variety and get something that stands well also. So I'm going to spend quite a bit of time talking about that, I think, in a minute. Wide row spacing, which you're on, great. You can lower your planting population a little bit. A lot of guys are down to 130, 140,000. You're at 154. The next thing is heads up. Yes, we have found decent response from that. It's a $2 treatment. And we're getting, on average, probably a bushel and a half, two bushels. It's not a home run deal, but it definitely helps. You can run some Cobra or uh, the generic. Six ounces costs around five bucks is all. So we're talking right before flowering. Oh, go ahead. The only thing that frightens me with Cobra is run non-irrigated. Yep. That's the thing. I mean, the other option is generic grower mark. We've looked at that, too. We got our own sprayer, finally, with my neighbor. Sure. we got... The machine to cover the acre. So. Sure. But anyway, this Cobra, if you do it before flowering, there's very little risk. If you do it after flowering, I'm totally with you that then we're really dependent on rain and we worry about having issues. When the Cobra gets done early, and this is a half rate, this is their white mold rate, we're seeing real good response and pretty consistent yield gains where we're having white mold without the risk of yield loss that you might get after flowering. The last things, you know, fungicide, we talk about R1, R3, R5 timing. Yes, Endura is the best, but you could also do a combination of like Domark and Topson. There's a premix called Acropolis. It's got those active ingredients in there. And then worst case scenario, we talk about planting a couple, three years to a non-host crop like your corn and your alfalfa that you mentioned. So uh, just a couple more things to be specific with your case. You mentioned this wildfire smoke deal. I don't know that that's going to happen every year. It did last year. It made things worse. I agree with you 100%. I don't know that that's always going to happen. But one of the key things you said when you were describing your situation is you had tall beans and standability issues. There are much better and more tolerant seed varieties now. We saw even these, the 2018 releases and some of the new 2019 releases look really, really good. I know because we've had a major white mold issue on our farm and we've been working hard on this. And I can just tell you last year, there was about a 25 bushel difference from one variety to the next if you got the right variety. So make sure that your seed dealer is getting you the right stuff. And because white mold's been so bad the last few years, the only good thing about it is now we can rate the varieties a whole lot better. But when you're when you're looking for a variety too, make sure you're getting good standability. So that's where I kind of come back to this soil fertility thing. Yes, manganese is important, but so is potassium too, because the better potassium level I have, the better standability I have. And when I talk about investing in manganese and potassium, well, those things aren't going anywhere until you use them up eventually. So when you, we want to talk cutting costs, I get that. I am in, a, in total agreement with you. I want to cut costs too. When I spray a fungicide, that's a one your deal. But when I put a fertilizer product on, that can be long-term if I put more than enough for just this year to get my soil levels up. Hang on for me through this commercial break. If you wouldn't mind, Ryan, I'll see if you got any more questions on this white mold thing. Yes, it is absolutely a big issue. We've been working on it and a lot of other people have as well. Well, if you've got any questions for us, if you'd just like to talk about anything going on in your farm, 844-44-AG-PHD. Stay tuned. Clean fields and higher yields start with a strong battle plan. For soybean growers, there's no stronger ally than Sonic Herbicide. When applied pre-emerge, Sonic has proven to defeat yield robbers like Waterhemp, Mare's Tail, and Giant Ragweed. With long-lasting residual control, it keeps fighting to defend your field from invaders. Visit BattleWeeds.com to plan your attack against weeds. Always read and follow label directions. Sir, yes, sir! 
When looking for someone to help with your risk management, a key component to look for is patience. Patience to bring you along in the process at your own speed. Patience to learn about your operation. And patience to not only discuss what strategies may be effective for your plan, but why they would be effective. That's the strength of Grain PhD. I'm Darren Hefty. When you're ready to become more engaged in your risk management, Grain PhD can assist you with that process. Visit grainphd.com to learn more. One year it could be moisture stress, another pythium or nematodes. So you need your soybeans to rise ready for whatever the season holds. Now one simple decision provides coverage on four fronts. The Acceleron portfolio, fungicides, insecticides, bioenhancers, and an industry-leading nematicide that strikes where nematodes attack. This season, rise stronger with Acceleron seed treatment products. Learn more at acceleronsas.com slash rise ready. Performance may vary. It's important to use proper PPE when handling treated seed. Your grain bin fans can cost you a lot. High electric bills from running when conditions are not ideal, shrinkage from overdried grain, and spoiled grain all take money out of your pocket. With the Steps GMS app temperature humidity switch, get your bin fans to start making you money. Only run vans when the conditions are right. Eliminate shrink and spoilage in your bins. Deliver grain in top condition at market moisture. When every dollar counts, you need Steps GMS. Contact us today at stepsgms.com. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here live in the Morton studio. It's Farmer Friday. We'd love to hear from you. Phone lines will be open all throughout the show. So Ryan from Minnesota called in right before the break, and we were talking through this white mold issue. And Ryan, I, I, I can only imagine on your end of things, it felt to me like I was talking 100 miles an hour because I get so excited talking about white mold because we've had to deal with these exact same issues that you're talking about. Uh, what else do you have for questions? What else do we need to talk through on this issue? Well, the white, the white mold seems to, I just seem like our corn yields, are going up and it seems like the beans are just it's disappointing to be honest all last year and with this yep. combine we got without about the yield monitor you'd watch it bounce up you know, it might hit 70 in spots maybe 50 you're talking maybe down to 40 you're talking within 300 feet we're dropping up and down yep um, 30 bushels and you shake your head and uh, i've talked about six different people this year and the other thing they thought about too was with uh wet feet soybeans we never got monsoon on like southern minnesota but we always had we were just wet, and it just seems like this white mold is a shot in the dark. I mean, is it the right approach to go? I mean, if you start spending all this money for 100 acres, it starts adding up. I mean, I'm just I, – I feel like I'm confused, but I, I don't know what the answer is. And you, you seem to be re- reaching that stuff. That's what yep. the neighbor and I have discussed. Right. No, I agree with you. And here here's the problem, Ryan. We don't know for sure if you're going to have a bad white mold issue, if you're going to have a little white mold issue, or if you're going to have no white mold this year, because it's totally dependent on what we have for weather. And then certainly what we have for the varieties and variety tolerance and those those kind of things. So all I'm getting at here is, yeah, I agree with you. We don't know. And that's why for me, I feel much more confident up front spending money on things that I do know about. So I know that if I have better standability and a more tolerant variety, that that is going to help me on white mold. And that really shouldn't cost me any more money. 
so I'm going to look hard at picking a good seed variety. I know that in the long term, if I own the ground, with potassium, if my levels are too low right now, if I get them up, well, eventually I'm going to use that, that fertilizer up at some point. So I might spend more today, but long term I get the money back. It's no big deal. So I don't mind doing that. I want to make sure that I've got potassium there to keep my good standability going. Same thing with manganese. Okay, so the other thing that can save you a little bit of money, if it was me, I would cut my planting population. You're at 154, I'd go down to 130, 140. That will help slightly. It's not going to help a lot, but that will help slightly. So those are some of the things you can do that, you know, aren't going to cost a whole bunch of money in terms of, uh, you know, any waste or anything else. And then you've got to just determine, do you want to pull the trigger? Do you have the right environment so at R1, as soon as you start seeing flowers, should I spend the money on something like Endura that's really expensive or should I just cut back and spray, like I was talking about, that combination of, say, Domark and Topson? We did a bunch of the Domark Topson thing last year and that worked out great. So that costs, and full rate uh, of both, costs about 13 bucks, whereas Endura that, is about $35. Our, yeah, at R1. Shot, yep, yep. Yep, at, at, at first flower. So what we often tell guys is, look, if you're going to only spray fungicide one time in soybeans, just as a general treatment, you want to spray usually about the, the time you see the first pod in the field. Okay, so right at that R2, R3 timing. But if it's white mold, you got to get ahead of it. Once you get behind, you can't catch up. So with white mold, if a guy is concerned about white mold, then we're going to say spray right at R1. As soon as you're seeing flowers out in that field, we got to get ahead of it. So anyway, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot we can go through, and certainly we can talk more as the season progresses here, and we get into June, and you go, all right, what are you thinking now? And, and we go from there. But one comment you made, too, is you said wet feet with soybeans. Soybeans have roughly one-fifth the root mass of corn. So soybeans absolutely hate wet feet. I agree 100%. This year, for the first time ever, we took all our grid points, and we did one-acre grids on our farm on almost 3,000 acres. We took all our grid points, and we mapped those to yield. So in other words, I know what the yield was versus my soil test levels on everything. And what we often see is when you have more organic matter and heavier soil, the yield goes up. And you probably see that too. But this year, it was the opposite with soybeans. It was still true with corn. The more organic matter, heavier soil, the, the corn did better. But with soybeans, it was not. And this is one of the first years that I think that's happened for us, where the really light ground for soybeans was better. And it's exactly what you're talking about. Even though we have tile in every field, we're set up to handle 20, 25 inches of total annual precip like we normally get. Well, this year we got 40. We got double. And it was crazy. And southern Minnesota, I know, was much worse just south of you there. So anyway, yeah, that obviously contributes to less disease tolerance. So here's another thing where I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to invest some money in tile if I feel like that needs to get taken care of on my farm. That's my first dollar spent. I often then will tell people after the tile is taken care of, then let's start working on our fertility program. That's next. But in your case, I'm still really concerned about the seed variety. Just again, from firsthand experience, we work with dozens of seed varieties every year. In fact, last year, hundreds. And I can just tell you, there's a big difference from one to the other. And many of the seed companies now have better ratings on white mold. They can help you out. So make sure you're super clear with them that, look, I want a great standing bean that is really tolerant to white mold. And, and that's going to be a big thing for you.
Can I ask you one other question totally off the topic? Sure, absolutely. About fertilizer treatment? Yeah, yeah. We have a 7,200 John Deere. You know, we, we haven't, it's a dairy farm, so you got a lot of wishes. So it still, it still works well. It's a 12-roll, and we yep. got dry starter fertilizer with it. Yep. And I've looked at a couple products this winter, and I've heard different opinions. Um, Titan XC by Loveland. Have you ever heard of that? Titan SC? Titan XC. It's a dry fertilizer treatment. Uh, no, I'm not. I, I, I don't know what that is. Now, I, I may know what that is. It might be just a uh, different name for something I'm familiar with. But anyway, it's a dry fertilizer well, treatment. Also okay. A veil, a veil, a veil is a cr- the other one, correct? That's yeah. Since like 2012. Oh, okay. So you're saying the Titan XC is similar to a veil? That's the problem. I don't know if it is or not. Oh, I was okay. hoping you could help me. So, uh, well, I, you. yeah, during during our break, I can look that up real quick. Uh, so with Avail, yes, we've seen results even on our own farm on the, the whole tie-up issue with phosphorus. So here here's the thing that I, I will tell you. You know, like in your situation where you've got a lot of manure, is Avail in that case going to pay? I don't know that it's that big a deal because you probably have real high levels of PNK, is my guess. But I'd love to see your soil tests, and then I can maybe give you a, a better idea of whether or not that would pay. The question is, I got some rent ground too. I was going to maybe try some of this avail sure. or quick roots on the wet, wet uh, rent ground instead of where we put the injected manure. We're around about 12,000 gallons an acre. So that, that, that ground is growing good corn. Yep. Just. So the potassium level is also up too. Back to the other question with the white mold. So yep. I was just curious to see what you thought on that. Yeah, one, I, yeah, I, yeah. Let me throw out one other thing to you because we've worked with a lot of guys, obviously, that have had manure and compost uh, over the years, and it, it's just looking at those soil test levels. Quite commonly, what we find is guys believe that manure is going to be. Almost all of my fertilizer program, maybe I need to supplement with nitrogen, but sometimes there are certain micronutrients that can get neglected. That's why, again, I come back to this manganese. So we didn't realize that manganese was such a big deal for white mold until we had a big manure guy just a few years ago decided to read his soil tests. And he, he goes, oh, wow, I got, I'm great on everything except for one thing. I'm, I'm short on manganese. So I'll try it on half a field. So he tries some manganese on half a field, and that half of the field had no white mold. The other half had lots of white mold. And we go, huh, we've never seen that before. It does kind of make sense, though, because just like you said, you've got tremendous growth out there. I get that after manure. But uh, am I short on one micronutrient? It's possible. So I, I, I'd love to see your soil tests. When you talk about quick grits, yes, we've had good results with quick grits over the years, and there are other micronutri- or other microbial products that we have liked as well. But quick grits has worked pretty well, even with guys that have good fertility levels and, uh, and quite a bit of manure. Not that it's a guarantee it's going to work, but it has worked pretty well. So anyway, uh, during the break here, I'll look up uh, your your Titan XC thing, and I'll see if I can figure out what that is. Uh, any any other questions? Well, you, I guess if you want to hang on for me just through the break, if you got any other questions, we'll get back to that. Yep. I'm trying to take up half the show. <laughs> All right, no problem, Ryan. We'll be right back with you. Stay tuned. This is Ag PhD Radio.
In farming, there's a lot of variables out of our control. Don't let fertility be one of them. Let the experts at AgroLiquid move you closer to your bullseye. It's true, AgroLiquid fertilizers are formulated to keep nutrients available to your crop, and they have unmatched compatibility with other nutrients and crop protection products, which makes application more efficient than ever. But we also have the best people in the field ready to talk about your operation, your goals. Go to agroliquid.com to move you closer to your target. With the success of the Case IH Tiger Quad Track and Magnum Road Track tractors, it's no secret why Case IH is the leader of the track. So it wasn't surprising when the competition started imitating us, because Case IH offered the first five-axle design to give you more power to the ground with less berming and compaction, all to help you be more productive. Still, we're flattered. In fact, if we weren't already red, we'd be blushing. To learn more, visit caseih.com slash tracks. High-yield corn growers know that feeding the crop and soil are keys to maximizing yield potential. Nutex EDA and Reverb are specifically formulated to help manage limiting factors associated with today's farming conditions. Nutex EDA works within the plant to support nutrient mobility and utilization. Reverb focuses on the soil, providing beneficial trace elements which help condition the root zone for optimal microbial activity. Low use rates and superb tank mix compatibility make Nutex EDA and Reverb no-brainers in the high-yield grower toolbox. In farming, getting things done early has a way of setting you up for success. Like using Corvus for an early season win over weeds. Corvus keeps even the toughest weeds from gaining a foothold. Multiple sites of action deliver superior control of emerged weeds. And later, Corvus reactivates with just a half inch of rain to take out any new weeds that may have sprouted. So get an early season win against weeds with Corvus for end of season rewards. Always read and follow label instructions. Corvus is a restricted use pesticide. Your independent spirit is more rewarding than ever before. Unlike incentive programs that require growers to purchase a particular seed brand or to bundle certain products, the FMC Freedom Pass program rewards you for making the best choices for your fields. You decide what's best for your operation, from pre-plant to harvest. Your retailer and FMC take care of the rest. It's really that simple. The exclusive agronomic rewards, performance assurances, application innovations, and product financing of the FMC Freedom Pass program make it easier to protect your crops and cash flow. That's what we mean when we say we give you more freedom in the field. You'll experience more control and confidence, too. Generics and imitators can't promise that. Visit your authorized FMC retailer or fmcfreedompass.com to calculate your potential financial incentive and learn more. Thanks for joining us today on a Farmer Friday here at Ag PhD Radio. I'm Brian Hefty live in the Morton studio. If you want to call into the show, 844-44-AG-PHD. Just talking to Ryan from Minnesota. Ryan, on this Titan XC from Loveland, that is a biocatalyst. It's got a bacillus species in there. I don't know what else it has in there. It doesn't list it. But I, I, we've worked with a lot of the bacillus species in products like NutriCycle, Decomp. Uh, even when you talk about quick roots, okay, that is a microbial product that's got beneficial bacteria, which bacillus is, and then also fungus. So we've worked with many of these things in the past. You know, I don't know if the Titan XC will work for you or not. If it was me, I might try some on a few acres and try a couple other microbials on a few acres and kind of go from there. So anyway, just my, my general thoughts. I, I can't, we've never done any research 
research on it, so I can't tell you specifically on that one if it would be great. We've been using more products now, uh, like I was saying, NutriCycle, Decomp, that have many more species in addition to just that one bacillus. Okay, um, just uh, before I let you go here, my scratch here, you kept saying manganese, right? Not magnesium, manganese is what we got to check for. Manganese, yes, M-A-N-G-A-N-E-S-E. So M-N is the chemical symbol, manganese, the micronutrient, yes. Not magnesium, the uh, secondary nutrient. Yep, manganese, the micronutrient, is the one that is key for uh, sclerotinia, white mold tolerance in crops. Okay. Okay. No, um, much appreciate it. I've been to your field days. I enjoy them much. So thank you for your time. You bet. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Good luck out there. All right. Let's go next to Todd in Michigan. Hey, Todd, how are you? Great. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. No problem. Here you got a question on tar spot. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was two or three weeks ago. Um, you guys were talking about it. I, I kind of caught it uh, at the at the end of the program. Um, I, uh, I'm doing my other job that supports my farm and habit right now. I'm trucking over the road. So. <laughs> okay. But um, anyway, uh, my farm was kind of ground zero for tar spot in Michigan this year. Uh, my uh, one largest field of corn, we we took about a ten, not a about. It was a little over a ten thousand bushel hit uh, on our yield, and um, just wanting to find out from you guys if you have heard or read anything about uh, any of the fungicides that would be effective in uh, in dealing with it. My yes. local agronomist had told me that you know, there really wasn't anything available this year that would have helped it. Uh, Delaro is actually labeled for for tar spot. So what Del- yep okay. Delaro what that is that is the bear fungicide if you're familiar with if you've heard of Stratego yield before this Delaro yep. is basically the same thing as the Stratego yield only the ratio's a little different it's got more of the proline more of the triazole in there and less of the strobe which is good because there's a lot of resistance out there to the strobes. I can't tell you that for tar spot yet that it's resistant to the strobe family, but uh, I know it's not resistant to that triazole family. So anyway, yeah, Delaro is actually labeled. If you look on the label, it it, it is there. The, the, the thing is tar spot, I think, caught a lot of people last year because prior to last year, if you did a lot of reading on this and studying on, on tar spot, most of the data would show, oh, it's no big deal. It shows up from time to time, but doesn't hurt much yield. <laughs> and last year, it's like, oh my goodness, it's terrible. And it it was much worse where guys also had gray leaf spot. And the nice thing with spraying that fungicide, you can get both of those diseases under control. I mean, the only good thing I can tell you about tar spot is just like gray leaf spot, it's a fungal disease. So we can spray fungicides on and have some success. For the guys where they had bad tar spot, two applications of fungicide probably would have paid. I've talked to just a few people that have gone two shots of fungicide, and I I realize spending money the first time is tough enough. Believe me, I know. Uh, We have a lot of corn acres too. But to spend it a second time, you know, I don't know that many guys are are prepared to do that yet. But it's just like you said. I mean, it was big-time yield loss last year. And, you know, even in our region here, we didn't have tar spot, but we had enough rain that we just had more diseases than normal. And last year was the biggest year we've ever 
ever seen for corn fungicide paying, even in our region, where we're normally awfully dry and don't have a lot of disease in corn. So, yeah, I know Wisconsin and Michigan were the two super bad areas for tar spot this last year. And unfortunately, too, a lot of the seed companies don't yet have super great ratings on tar spot but more are sure looking hard at that. So hopefully your seed dealers in that area are getting a much better handle on that too. But Delaro is the one that is actually rated for it. It is labeled. And, uh, what What is your suggestion as far as when to apply it at what stage? <laughs> well... <laughs> so, so, so okay so I'll, I'll give you the the most vague answer i can give you you want to apply it right before it affects your plants and you know that's what any uh, pathologist is going to tell you a fungicide is is real good at preventing disease it's not real good at curing disease so you do want to be okay. uh, out in front of it a lot of people will spray okay. their corn right at tassel, and you can do that. Now, you have to be careful if you go before yep. tassel with throwing adjuvants with it. You probably want to leave the adjuvants out or use a safe adjuvant or something, so that's where we get concerned right before. But, yeah, it's possible you might need to spray before tassel. So, you know, really in your state, like you said, it was kind of ground zero for this disease. So I can guarantee you this year there are going to be a lot of university people, extension people, industry people who oh, are going yeah, to be talking about this. <laughs> yeah. And and where I'm going with this is they're probably going to be saying, okay, it looks like it's moving up from the south or this looks like the, the time that we yep. could get it. We're going to have the right heat number of heat units. So I, I, I'm just saying just kind of continue paying attention to all that and you might just be prepared. You might have to pull the trigger before tasseling if that looks like it could be the best timing for 2019. Okay. All right. All right. That helps me. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Todd, and good luck here in 2019. All right, let's go to David down in Kentucky. Hey, David, how are you? Good. How are you doing today, man? Doing, doing great. What can we do for you? I've got a question. We've been using agriculture liquid and was been putting on seven-gallon in furrow using totally tubular stainless on the planter Okay. right below the I mean, it's just barely below the seed, sometimes probably getting in the seed. Had trouble with it plugging up. I got the bright idea last year, and I thought before I did it again, I ended up adding water to it so yep. I could get I was actually putting out about 18 gallon okay. to get the PSI up so the planter doesn't plug up. Okay. Never asked somebody about it, just did it. And I was just wondering if you had any issues with that. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that, David, because that's one of the things. Other, we, than, we talk other than my dad says he's got to fill up a lot, but it sure right. works good. Right. Uh, it, it it is funny you mentioned that because we were just we even this week at workshops we did here at Baltic, we were talking about adding water to liquid fertilizer. So now you're at a you're at a pretty high level. We have a lot of guys that are putting on one to three, maybe seven gallons, and then they're getting up to ten total gallons or five total gallons. You're getting up to eighteen total gallons of solution. But if that's what you feel you need to do, that's fine. What you're going to find with that by adding that water, you're probably going to get more response out of the fertilizer, and here's why: because you're going to spread it out in that soil or in that seed zone better. Number one, and then number two. 
you're going to get less on each seed in terms of actual fertilizer. You're reducing the concentration. So when a drop hits the seed, it's now less concentrated. It has less risk for damage. Not that, you know, the agri-liquid stuff has a lot of salt in it anyway, but I'm just saying by doing that, you're probably going to get slightly more response out of your, your fertilizer than the guy who doesn't put the water in. So no, we actually love that. It's a tip that we picked up just so you know from Francis Childs about 20 years ago. He was the world record corn producer back in the 1990s. First guy in the United States or first guy in the world to raise over 400 bushel corn. And it was something that he taught to us saying, hey, I'm seeing response from doing this, just adding water. He said adding water costs nothing other than the hauling, <laughs> but adding water yeah, costs yeah, nothing. It's we're, Last year was the very first year in my life, and I know there's people, whatever, they talk a lot of, first time ever I averaged 200 bushel corn nice. on one field. Yep. It that's made, awesome. It made 200. Yep. I mean. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, hey, David, we got to run, but thanks a lot for the call. Really appreciate you. it. Best of luck here in 2019. All right, stay tuned. There's more Ag PhD Radio right after this. Give your corn a strong defense against stress throughout the season with MycoApply Indoprime SC. MycoApply Indoprime SC uses four specially selected species of mycorrhizal fungi to protect your crop against stress. That means more access to water and key micronutrients while building a healthy soil structure for stronger crops for years to come. Stronger corn starts beneath the surface. Learn more about MycoApply Indoprime SC at IndoprimeCorn.com. Always read and follow label instructions. No secrets here, we all know, regardless of the markets, balanced crop nutrition pays. Agro-liquid fertilizers have the research, technology, and products you need to grow a great crop. We also have an outstanding team of field agronomists ready to help you determine the best use of your fertilizer dollar. Agro-liquid can help you maximize your yield potential effectively and economically. Visit agroliquid.com to find a dealer near you. Hey, Bill, any advice to control tough weeds and rootworms? That's easy, Jim. Buy two, save three. Wait, for weeds and rootworms? Buy two, save three. Combine your Impact or new Impact Z herbicide purchase with a qualifying insecticide and save $3 per acre. Buy two, save three. That is good advice. For details, go to buy2save3.com. Impact, Impact Z, and buy two, save three are trademarks owned by Amvac Chemical Corporation. All rights reserved. Impact Z is a restricted-use pesticide. Always read and follow label instructions. Customer service goes a long way when trying something new. Ryan Shaw from Michigan shares how Soil Warrior helped him transition to strip tillage in his operation. The Soil Warrior guys, they are amazing to work with. They made this jump in this transition extremely painless. One question that I get all the time is, how is the service and everything? And I said, well, actually, I get better service from them than I typically do my dealers uptown. They're just amazing. More info at SoilWarrior.com. When you build with Morton Buildings, you build something that lasts. And now you can build for less during Building Value Days. If you're dreaming of a personal storage building, horse barn, farm storage, home, office, insulated workshop, or even a commercial facility, take advantage of our discounted pricing on new buildings now through February 28, 2019. So don't delay. Visit MortonBuildings.com for more information. 
Want to cut production costs without losing yield? The Soil Warrior can reduce trips across the field, optimize nutrient placement, and improve soil health. So you can lower production costs without losing yield. See what makes the Soil Warrior different and better at SoilWarrior.com. We started utilizing the Dual React system this year. You can adjust your speed and it automatically adjusts your sprayer tips. So you can slow down and you aren't building up huge droplets or you can speed up and you're not throwing a mist that's drifting. Hypro, helping you spray better. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio here on a Farmer Friday. We're going to jump right back to the phone lines. Got Steve calling in from Illinois. Hey, Steve, how are things on your farm today? Hey, really good. Just waiting for spring patiently. <laughs> well, I'm waiting impatiently for spring, Steve. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's driving me crazy, and I look at the forecast. In the next 10 days, we're supposed to hit below zero several times, and we've got a whole bunch of snow on the ground. So, yeah, it's a little frustrating. But, you know, one of the things about that, I was just talking to a few people yesterday, it's it's easy as a farmer to look outside and you go, well, there's a whole bunch of snow and it's really cold and we got time before spring, but we don't have that much time. I mean, we're um, five, six weeks away from needing to start or wanting to start planting corn on our farm. And you might be in the same situation where, you know, that's not a lot of time if we still have some equipment to work on, seed to get in and, and fertilizer to, to get set. And so lots of things to do here in, in a short amount of time the way I look at it. Yeah, exactly. We started planting beans last year towards the end of March, uh, so that's coming real fast. And it, looking out the window today, that doesn't seem likely this year. <laughs> no, it doesn't, but you just never know, and that's one of the things for us as farmers. We kind of have to be prepared because who knows? I mean, the middle of March could turn out to be record heat, and all of a sudden we go, oh, wow, I thought I had time. I guess I don't have time anymore. So I know we've got a couple guys that work for us on the farm, and and just every day I'm, I'm kind of like, all right, let's uh, just make sure we keep moving along here because the, the, the time's going to come and we're going to be out in the field. So uh, what else are you thinking about as we go into 2019 here, Steve, other than maybe a little bit later planting than last year? Yeah, probably the biggest thing I would say is the soybean uh, choice of uh, – herbicide traits uh this is in my 40-year career we've got the most options available and, and now with yep. the e3 uh, there's just a lot of stuff out there and and what's to choose uh which one's going to battle our problems and try and uh, i think we may have multiple traits and i don't want to have an, an embarrassing field on my operation where somebody screws up you, you know i'm glad that you mentioned that today i probably an hour or two before the radio show today, I sent out an email. I, I do a bunch of training with a, a bunch of agronomists, and I just said to them, if it was me, well, we do farm, and I told our people on the farm already, we're only planting one trait, so you don't have to worry. I do worry about the guys that say, well, I want to try some of this E3, and you know what? I kind of like that uh, that LLGT27. Maybe I'll try some of that, and yeah, I, I want to try some Extend, and <laughs> I I don't know. I you can do it, but I'm with you. That worries me a lot. Yeah, it's it's bound to happen. I just in the in the heat of the battle, it's going to get tough, uh, especially if we get behind to make sure that seed tenders and drills are cleaned out and everything's where it's supposed to be okay. documented. Okay, so the Philippines just approved the E3 or the enlist trait now. So we're all good to go. Seed company is going to be out there talking to you and every other farmer about that. 
which direction are you leaning toward at this point? You going to go extend? You going to go enlist? What are you, what are you going to do? Yeah, we're going to be about two thirds extend. Uh, we we got the beans in house uh, because of germination issues. We took delivery back in December. Yeah, uh, the balance of the acres were there. Uh, issues in the area, whether it's wineries or nurseries or whatever, will move to uh, Liberty. Sure. In those in those places. So. Yep. So not the enlist, just straight Liberty. Uh, not this year. There's just just again too many things. I think the, the enlist platform looks good. I wouldn't be scared of it, but it comes down to how many choices. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, you know, the nice thing with the enlist, because I've talked to quite a few guys who are going to plant some Liberty beans this year, and they said, well, I guess I could switch over at least some of my acres to enlist and not spray the 2,4-D on there. Then I don't have any worry that I'm going to hurt beans because the enlist is tolerant not only to 2,4-D, it's also tolerant to Liberty and glyphosate. So I, that, that that part is kind of nice. And I'm also excited, you know, when you talk about traits, going forward, extend flex. So hopefully we'll be able to spray Liberty on extend soybeans in the future when that that new trait comes here in the next year or so so yeah lots of lots of options there what's the worst weed on your farm what do you what are you really after uh, 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 giant giant ragweeds and uh in the last couple of years of course water him so. yeah yep it is what it is yep yep yeah we're lucky we don't have much giant ragweed on our farm we got a lot of common ragweed but yeah water hemp would be our number one weed issue here too well hey steve great talking to you today best of luck here in 2019 thanks for calling in hey thank you you bet Bye. all right let's go next to uh philip he is calling in from tennessee and he's a tile contractor down there philip how you doing today and we're wet well, as a tile contractor, I suppose you don't mind uh, seeing that a little bit, get more guys interested in tile, right? Well, you, you would think so, but um, it's, a, uh, it's a very, very touchy subject right now with uh, prices the way they are. Um, I've had more than one tell me that they just don't have any money this year. And uh, I tell you, it's been one of the wettest one of the wettest years or wettest seasons for us that we've ever experienced. And the, and the gentleman we just finished tiling for, 75-year-old guy, and I've asked him, I said, I said, have you ever seen it this wet? And he said, I don't ever remember it being as wet as it is now. Um, right now, we are already knocking on 20 inches in West Tennessee, West Kentucky for uh, the 2019 here for January and February, we're already, I think we was between 16, 17, 18 inches as of today. And, uh, it's, we've got a lot of, a lot of ground flooded. Um, we've got some small rural communities that are underwater. Um, the Mississippi river is, is in, <laughs> it's getting, it's getting pretty dangerous right now. So, um, but as far as the tile tiling goes, we've been, we've been blessed this season. Um, We've stayed busy um, tiling from uh, all all of West Tennessee and Western Kentucky, but it's starting to slow down, and, and we typically don't slow down until May. May the the first part of June is when we'll 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 tile our last job, you know. Yeah, you bet. And you know, one of the things you mentioned there was guys not having any money in areas where there has been a lot of tile for many many years. 
then it's very common for a bank to say, all right, you need X number of dollars to put tile in. We'll not only loan you the money, we'll immediately raise the value of your land that much. So that does help a lot of people in terms of getting the capital to put that tile in the ground. But yeah, I, I mean, you hear, if you listen to the show at all, uh, very often, we talk about this all the time. The first and most important thing is having great drainage. If you don't have great drainage, I mean, all the other money you spend on the farm, it's you're not going to get the same return off it. So no, we're huge believers in having great drainage. So what else is going you're, on in your area? Oh, go ahead. That's, uh, that's what you're, you're right there. Um, as far as, you know, and I try to preach it and preach it and preach it. And as far as the, the true benefits of tile and what I, I've got a lot of friends, uh, you know, across the U S really that are, that are tile contractors that I've, that I've met over the years and, um, some close friends of mine in Michigan, you know, it's not, they don't have to sell it. Right. Um, it's, it's been, it's been a practice for so many years. It's, it's a known down here where I'm at, it's still, it's still pretty new. Um, the equipment that yeah. I have, uh, a lot of people don't even know what it, what it is. And I have to explain to them and I have to educate the, the producer actually what it does. Some people really take hold of it and other people just, you know, throw their hands up in there and, and think it's one of those too good to be true, uh, too good to be true, um, uh, uh, pro, uh answers to, to, to drainage. And, so as far as going to the bank and actually borrowing the money for it, I'm not saying that the, the banks wouldn't loan the money for it, but, uh, you know, the, the landowners or producers or both are real apprehensive about wanting to borrow the money for it. Most people that I tile for, they, they, they pay out of pocket. If they don't have it, you know, in their, in their back pocket, they're, they're not going to do it. But other than that, um, as far as conditions here, again, it's just it's, it's extremely wet. Yeah. Um, well, we, well, yeah, we've well, had, we've had more downtime than we've ever experienced just because of weather. But uh, yeah, well, we'll certainly uh, pray for some dry weather for you there, Philip. Uh, we're <laughs> we're kind of hoping for that same thing up here in our farm too, dry and warm. Hey, we got to run, but thanks for calling in today. Really appreciate it. Hey, thank you. You bet. All right, we got just a little bit of time left here on Ag PhD Radio. If you want to call in, eight four four forty four Ag PhD. Want to turn smart agronomics into smart economics? Go with the all-new Grow Smart Rewards program. One, start with a smart agronomic plan. Two, qualify with the purchase of a participating BASF herbicide. Three, earn one plus dollars per acre for each qualifying pair-up brand. Plus, you may qualify for an additional $75 per gallon back on our industry-leading fungicides. For full program details, go to growsmartrewards.com. Grow smart with BASF. Are you frustrated with white mold showing up year after year in your soybeans? If you have tried fungicide applications and are still losing yield to white mold, now is the time to ask your seed dealer about Heads Up Plant Protectant. Heads Up is the first EPA-registered seed treatment for the prevention of white mold in soybeans and pulse crops. The first line of defense on your farm against white mold now starts with the right seed treatment package. Locate a Heads Up dealer near you by visiting headsupst.com today. What do you think of when you hear Palmer Amaranth or Waterhemp? If you use fierce herbicide in your soybean field, you don't have to think about them at all. With two effective modes of action and up to eight weeks of residual control, Fierce takes on even the toughest weeds like Waterhemp and Palmer Amaranth. 
Take control of your soybean field and get rewarded with Roundup Ready Plus when you choose the proven power of Fierce Herbicide. Talk to your local retailer today to put Fierce to work in your fields. Always read and follow label directions. Using NSERV Nitrogen Stabilizer with Fall Fertilizer Applications keeps nitrogen available into the spring for maximum crop growth. Field trials in Iowa show NSERV delivered an average revenue increase of $22.96 per acre, and NSERV is the only recognized nitrogen stabilizer product in the Iowa Nutrient Reduction Strategy because it reduces nitrate leaching. That's max profit in an environmentally sustainable way. Calculate your field's profit potential at nitrogenmaximizers.com. One year it could be moisture stress, another pythium or nematodes, so you need your soybeans to rise ready for whatever the season holds. Now one simple decision provides coverage on four fronts. The Acceleron portfolio, fungicides, insecticides, bioenhancers, and an industry-leading nematicide that strikes where nematodes attack. This season, rise stronger with Acceleron seed treatment products. Learn more at acceleronsas.com slash rise ready. Performance may vary. It's important to use proper PPE when handling treated seed. You need a powerful herbicide to fight the war on weeds. Bellum is Rotam North America's Mesotrion herbicide, and it fights against the annual broadleaf weeds attacking your cornfields. Winning this battle means higher yields, lower cost to you, and maximized profitability. For long-lasting residual weed control, check out Evinco, Vilify, and our newest mix, Rixa. For application, flexibility, and season-long control, that's Evinco, Vilify, and Rixa, powered by Bellum. For more information, visit bellumherbicide.com. That's B-E-L-L-U-M herbicide.com. Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here live in the Morton studio. Right before the break, we were talking to Philip from down in Tennessee. He was just remarking how in their area, tile's kind of a new concept for a lot of people, and so they aren't super familiar with it. I, I, I would just say, again, with tile, it's just incredibly important to have great drainage. And a lot of people will say, well, I'm, I have good drainage. I don't have water standing on my field. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm what, I, what I'm saying here is we want to have the water table down so the roots can grow. If you don't have that water table down when you need it down, you're going to have a lot of plants that don't have very good root systems on them. And also, you don't have real great microbial life. So everyone wants to talk about, let's make sure we have healthy soils. I can promise you, you will not have a healthy soil if you have poor drainage. So anyway, I, I will occasionally tell some stories about my dad, too. And one of the things he said many times over the years is, he goes, Brian, you know, just about anything a person can spend money on on the farm. I've had, you know, I've, I've talked to farmers my whole life. I've farmed my whole life. I'll, I'll visit with farmers. And I'll say, yeah, I regret spending money on this. I regret spending money on that. He said the one thing that nobody has ever told me ever they regretted spending money on was tile. In fact, he said almost everybody who has said, I put tile on the ground, said, boy, I wish I would have put more in. And I can say that same thing for myself on our own farm. So our firsthand experience has <laughs> just said, I'm awfully glad we own our own tile plow so we can keep adding on our more tile lines every year. It pays. All right, you've got Daniel calling in next from out in Maryland. Hey, Daniel, how are you today? Oh, it's, you know, just wet, wet, wet around here. That's a familiar story, really, from all across the country. So with that wetness, are you changing any of your plans going into 2019 now? Uh. It's going to be a little harder to get manure on early, but I mean, it's six and one half dozen the other. You, you put it, you get it on early, 
and give it time to break down, you, they say you lose some nitrogen. So, I mean, if you get it on as close to planting as I guess we're going to be able to when it dries up finally, that'll be really the only difference. Yeah. It's just manure. Yep. Yep. No, I'm with you. The The concern I have about spring applying manure in our area, because we're, we're kind of in the same boat. We were going to get more on last fall, didn't get it done. And now it's like, all right, are we going to do it in the spring? But my worry is just that it's going to stay wet and I don't want to create a bunch of compaction there that could cause me a problem down the road. So yeah, it's, it's just, it's been a challenging uh, last few months for sure. So how about... How about how about crops then? Are are you changing anything in terms of your rotation with the way crop prices are or the way the weather is? Um, no, no, we 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 have the, we're actually moving more to a fifty fifty uh, corn and bean rotation. Last year we were bean heavy, so I, you know we, we're decreasing bean acres some, but we also have some more wheat acres than we did last year. So you know, is there a reason why you're putting more wheat in now? Uh, well, price. The uh, price difference, yeah. you know, wheat's like wheat's like seventy cents better than it yep. was last last year about this time. Yeah, and I mean beans, we can still grow a decent you know, double 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 crop bean crop, you know, behind the wheat. So it doesn't. You might lose ten bushels on the top end, really, but you see, with the wheat price there, you should make more money that way. Sure. Yep. Yep, absolutely. So since you are from out in Maryland, I, I just want to ask you that whole Delmarva region in terms of worrying about groundwater and just what's getting into the river and all these kind of things. Uh, how has that affected your farm? Are, there, are you managing things differently now than you did, say, 10 years ago because of that? Well, the, the, the biggest difference is with manure application yep. and like the, the timing of, like, we can't, we can't put nitrogen on on wheat until the Maryland Department of Agriculture let lets us you know allows us sure which is March first or green up whichever comes first sure and I mean that's that's frustrating sometimes but you know you some I guess some people would be liable to put the whole bit of nitrogen out there in January if they could and I mean you're going to lose some that way out and so I, I mean it, it makes for a smarter I, I guess a smarter farmer because you got to work around the regulations. <laughs> yep. Yeah. L- like we needed more obstacles thrown in our way, but oh, yeah. yeah, no, I'm with you. Well, Hey, uh, Daniel, we got to get going here, but, uh, thanks a lot for calling in today. Really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. You bet. All right. We've got, uh, Jesse calling in next from up in Ontario, Canada. Hey, Jesse, how are you? Good. And how are you? Doing great. So I hear you got some more comments about tile. Yeah, I'm actually a fourth-generation drainage contractor from up here in Ontario. But wow. um, I wanted to put in, they were talking about the, the wetter seasons or whatever, but yep. the advantage of drained ground in dry seasons <laughs> after you put the tile in is can be even more beneficial to the crops for forcing the roots down early in the spring of the year so it can withstand droughts. And they're finding this more and more when you're getting into a... Uh, you know, the Western provinces here, in, like in Canada. So they've realized the benefit can go even farther reaching than just uh, just the wet soils, right? So. Well said. I agree with you 100%. About the only difference I see is in some of the drier areas in Canada or in the United States, like even where we farm, we don't feel the need to put the tile in at four feet, five feet, six feet deep 
three feet for us is good enough because we don't have a lot of water. We don't need to have the, the water table super deep or anything. We're just trying to make sure that we have room for that those roots to grow. 2012 is a good example. That, that was supposedly our worst drought year since 1937. We had no rain for three months in the summertime. And we still had, I know one field, our best cornfield was still 200 bushel corn, non-irrigated. It was fantastic. But part of it is you could see where the best uh, yields were right over the tile lines because the roots were able to get super deep real early in the year and we needed those deep roots when things dried out so i agree with you well we're actually mandated in ontario um so we we have to follow a drainage guide okay like we all have to be licensed here yep. so um yeah to get into super deep tiling is is they've found is not very like advantageous at all so yeah um like what you're saying, that two and a half feet of cover is what we usually have to follow. But um, and depending on you know your your loamy soils or your clay sure. soils or whichever they are, you move them up or closer spacings. Usually, when you uh, right. bring the tile closer to the surface, right? Yes. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Back about a hundred years ago, there was a lot of tile. Well, I shouldn't say a lot. There was some tile put in around the United States. Even in my area, we found some old clay tile lines from about a hundred years ago, and they were hand dug about six feet deep. And a lot of people are like, "Why would they put them so deep?" Well, because back then they had an excess of labor and they had a real shortage on money so the labor wasn't the problem so they'd have people out digging six feet in the ground just because when they were able to go deeper then they didn't have to have very close spacings so they could get by with less tile so yeah it's interesting how just times change and yeah i'm certainly happy we have equipment today to put the tile in the ground we'd have to hand dig anything and yeah a lot of stuff is relatively shallow anything else jesse No, that's great. Thanks very much. You bet. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, it's real easy for me to start talking tile all day. And and part of the reason why is I just, why I'm so passionate about it is because it's made our farm so much money. And then also, I, I tell the story of back in 2007 when we bought our tile plow. That year we were farming about 35 fields. We only had three fields we could farm straight through. Three. That's it. Today we farm straight through every one of them. Now, let me also say, if you're concerned about the environment, we're not draining any duck ponds or anything like that. These are just areas where we had to go back in and replant, always planted them in the past. We've never taken one acre of prevent plant on our farm or anything like that. It's just simply we're trying to lower the water table and then we raise better crop there. But in terms of environmental concerns, I love tile. Tiles one, tiling is one of the greatest things you can do for the environment. It's awesome. We end up with cleaner water downstream. We have less flooding. And also a lot of people get worried about, you know, oh, there's going to be more water running out of my neighbor. No, there's going to be less long-term. Sure, day one and for the first three weeks, there will be more. But after that, there's going to be less because how do you pay for tile? Well, the only way you pay for tile is by raising more crop. If you raise more crop, that's going to use more water. We have some of the lines we put in back in 2007, 2008, 2009, I haven't even seen them run. Even last year, they didn't run, even when we were super wet. Why? Because we're raising 250 bushel or plus corn there, or even 280 bushel corn there. Well, in dry land ground, what do you think? That takes a lot of moisture out of the soil. It's awesome. So anyway, lots of advantages to that. Uh, our show wasn't a tiling show today, but we ended up on that topic here on a Farmer Friday. 
I uh, just want to, before we run, though, thanks uh, say thanks to our production staff, my sister Janelle running the controls today. Great job, as always. Uh, thanks to everyone who called in today with questions. Apologize they didn't get to all the questions that came in on email. Try to catch those next week. Well, thanks to you for listening, and be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio. And now, stay tuned for Shark Farmer Radio. <laughs>